What's up, everybody? This is Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast, episode number 100. We finally made it to triple digits, and we got a good guest on this week for you guys. We brought on Steve Shirk. He's been on the show. This is actually his fifth time, and he was the first guest we ever had on. So I decided he'd be as good as anybody to bring on for our 100th episode. If you guys haven't, go back and listen to number 19, 28, 40, and 71. Those are all the episodes he was on. You'll get some background on him on 19 if you listen to that one. And then the other ones, we got into more some more strategy stuff and, and what he's got going on uh, at any given time during those episodes. So we kind of did the same thing today. We talked some strategy stuff with him. It was a good conversation about some pre-rut stuff. And then, you know, we sat around and talked about our season a little bit after that. So make sure you stay stay locked in for that. But before we get into it, don't forget about our partners. Uh, can't say thanks enough to them. As we get to our 100th episode for, you know, being with us for so long, we've had great partners along the way. And a couple of them are Grandpa Ray Outdoors and Rodney Hawkins. Now, Grandpa Ray Outdoors specializes in providing the best nutrition for whitetail deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods. With over 14 different blends to choose from, you're not going to have any trouble finding what you're looking for, whether that be fall or spring blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, you name it. When it comes to food plots, they've pretty much got it. They're not just about selling those products, though. They're going to answer any questions you have about what blends would be best for your specific property. That way you can achieve the best results possible. They're not about a fancy label or package either. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. John and his team don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition, so they're going to treat you and your situation individually. We've used their seed blends on a lot of client properties. I don't know how many hundreds, thousands of pounds of his seed that we've put down, but it's always been as good as advertised, and we use it on our own properties as well, obviously. And that's why, you know, we started partner, this partnership in the first place, and that's why we're going to continue to partner with them as long as we can. So check them out at GrandpaRayOutdoors.com. Use the discount code RHOPODCAST. That's all lowercase, no space, and you get 5% off your order there. We're also a dealer for them too, so if you need something, stop in the shop, and we'll get it ordered for you, save you a little bit of money on shipping. As for Rodney Hawkins, if you guys don't know, he was on an episode uh, number 99, I believe. 98 or 99, I'd have to go back and look. He was on one of the recent episodes, and he's been a partner of ours for a while now, too. So if you guys have listened, you know that he grew up hunting and fishing in southern Illinois, and he's now putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. If you guys haven't heard of him, you don't know what Midwest Farm and Land is. They're not your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022 alone. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois, so they're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on anything that might be available or getting your property listed, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. He's also got his own company called RG Outdoors. He's got products from Radix Hunting. He's got Tacticam trail cameras, and he has an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust as well. And he's adding new stuff all the time, so if you're interested in any of that or you want to follow him, to see what else he's got coming up, you can go to their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. You can email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com. Or again, just call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. Our social media is Ridge Hunter Outdoors. Instagram and Facebook are the two that I use the most. We do have a Facebook group called RHO Podcast Patrons where I posted uh, that Steve was coming on. So if give anybody a chance to ask him any questions that they may have had. Uh, no, one, no one seemed to have anything for him. So hopefully we'll cover what you guys want to know. But, you know, if you're not part of that group, go join it. And then if we don't cover something, let us know. And if you've got guests that you would like to see on the podcast, you can put them in there. Um, and it's basically just a hunting group, too. So if you want to share your success or whatever, 
um, or what's been going on in your hunting area, any pictures you got, anything like that, go ahead and share it in that group as well. RidgeHunterOutdoors.com is our website. If you find anything on there you like, like our all-natural scent products, we've got the buck tarsal spray, the doe tarsal spray, and the calming spray. Uh, The buck and doe tarsal sprays are mixed fresh, so they're going to be whatever time of year we're in, that's what they're going to be. A lot of guys are asking, you know, if I got estrus doe stuff. Well, when the does start to come in heat, then I'll have estrus doe tarsal spray. But right now, it's kind of the pre-rut, so that's where we're at with the scents. So it's going to keep up with the season, and they really do work all year round. And then the calming spray also, it comes from different glands on does and fawns just to give the deer a feeling that there's been other deer in the area or there are other deer in the area, help calm their nerves a little bit. We've seen some good results out of that stuff as well. So if you want that, if you want any of the apparel that we have on there, um, even our food plot seed as we get closer to springtime, you can use the discount code RHOPOD. That's all caps, no space, and you get 10% off your order there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, go ahead and follow us, leave a review. That helps us out as well. And then go over to the YouTube channel. It's Ridge Hunter Outdoors. Subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. Uh, don't miss out on Fall Pursuit. That's our new show we're doing. This year, we've got two episodes out. Episode three will be out tomorrow at 7 o'clock Central Time. So subscribe so you don't miss that. And let us know what you think of that as well. So all that stuff said, let's get into the conversation with Steve Shirk on episode number 100. This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. All right, we got Steve Shirk in here with us. If you guys have not, you need to go back and listen to his previous episodes. He's been on with us four times. He's uh, He writes for North American Whitetail. He runs Shirk's Guide Service, and he hunts public ground, uh, guides on public ground, and hunts public ground out in Pennsylvania. How's it going, Steve? We were just talking a little bit here before, getting excited about going on your first morning hunt tomorrow. Um, how's the season been going? How's things been going for you in general? Uh, it's been going real well. Um, I've I've been out a little bit more than normal this year so far. Had a ton of action. I did sit all day on Saturday, which is rare. But given I was I was real far back in in an area, and it's like once I was way back in there, I'm like I'm just gonna sit here all day. I ended up seeing eleven deer and four bucks on all day sit, which like I said is pretty good given the time of year and that. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any shooters. Did I did pass up maybe a hundred and ten inch eight point, but. I just had, you know, had good action. It's just been a real, real good season. I've only had a couple uh, encounters with deer that I would have shot. Um, nothing mm-hmm. in bow range yet, but it's been a good start to say the least. That's good. So, what is your, what's your early season strategy look like out there? I mean, obviously we're past that point now, but you're hunting mm-hmm. bit, mostly big timber. What does that look like? Are you looking for mass crops that are dropping? Um, yep. Or are you looking for? I mean, is that kind of what you're keen in on early season out there? Early season, I was real tight to buck bedding. Um, didn't okay. get out a whole lot. I wish I would have because now that a lot of these bucks have shifted a lot of their bedding because everything seems to be shifting around does right now, I've went back and checked some cameras, and I really could have taken advantage of some early season setups that, that I kind of had predicted. But with my schedule and that, like I do landscaping, and it was still a little bit busy there early October when our season came in, and I try to get all my eyes and all my eyes dotted, all my T's crossed before things really start heating up and that I'm guiding every day. Um, but say the least, I regret not getting out, uh, 
a little more than what I did because I think uh, I think I had some had some pretty good potential. Um, but mostly everything's tight to batting for us. Uh, it is nice when you have acorns. This year we actually do have a good acorn crop. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot of these bucks are bedding pretty close to the acorns, but still in cover. But if you can find find those productive oaks near that bedding cover, you know, it really seems like if you can find that that small little window, mm-hmm. man, you, you could have could have really done some damage early here in the season. Yeah. That's I guess that's similar to a lot of places. Even out here in the Midwest, we got a really good acorn crop this year. Yeah, and it seems like early season, if you can find find where they're bedding and get in get in close, they're gonna be deep, you know, if they're not yep. laying in a cornfield somewhere. We run into that a lot. So that's one yep. thing out here for us is now these guys are getting their corn out. We're starting to have some more bucks show up on camera because it's pushing them into the timber and the field edges and oh, the fence yeah. rows and stuff. But yep. it's a little bit different out there where you're at, and and that kind of changes our strategy now as well of where we're going. And then obviously we're getting to the point where bucks are going to start opening up scrapes and that. So that's another yep. thing I wanted to talk about. Moving forward here, we're getting into the third week of October. So what are you looking for now um, as to what you're going to be hunting over and even moving your cameras around because that's a big part of it too. I know you run a lot of trail cameras. We've talked about that before. Yep. Um I mean, I don't do a ton of moving cameras around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to, I try to put cameras out in strategic situations and locations based on, you know, I have cameras out for early season cameras out for the pre rut rut and all that. And I get all that done ahead of time. And some of these cameras, honestly, just stay in these areas year round. Just, you have to consider the fact that like, this is a very big remote area and, the amount of cameras I run to like completely do a flip flop and Mm -hmm. move everything around in a short period of time is extremely hard. So, you know, a lot of that process is done long, you know, far in advance. Um, but right now, um, a lot of my focus is around doe bedding and doe feeding. Um, tomorrow morning I'm going to hunt a doe bedding area. I'm going to slip in there. Uh, I'll get right in the doe bedding. Um, just cause I have so many, you know, I have so many places or so much area here where like I'll burn a spot out and then move on to another spot. Cause literally I have hundreds of spots. There's just right. so much area, yep. but so I'll get right in there before those does come in. But what I'm looking for right now, um, certainly, yeah, it's nice when deer are showing up on cameras, but I just like to go in those doe bedding areas and look for hot sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you don't have a camera, like if you can find hot sign and doe bedding right now, especially like you see an active scrape line or fresh rub line, that's telling you that bucks are frequently checking that area. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly what I'm doing tomorrow morning. Um, not only did I have cameras in there, but the, there was actually more sign in there when I scouted it today than what I even saw on camera. Like that's another thing with cameras. You're not always seeing every deer that's in the area too. Yep. So, yep. um, but yeah, that's kind of my strategy, um, you know, for the pre-rod is these bucks go in checking these doe groups and you just got to get in their path. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that we talk about a lot is combining the, the new scouting with the old scouting. Like you got to have boots on the ground and the cameras are a great tool, but if you combine them both, that's when you really got something. Yeah. And yep, exactly. I covered part of your article, uh, predicting buck patterns. Um, on the Friday episode that we did. Oh, nice. On the the rut shift part of it. 
And that was kind of what you're talking about in the article. What you just mentioned there was finding the buck sign that's around doe bedding, which I thought was really interesting because there's a lot of guys that have permission property or private property where you have multiple doe groups. Uh, And it seems like every year, you know, the same groups might come in to heat first. And if you can figure out which ones those are, then you can figure out where the buck's going to be. Well, that's not always the easiest thing. But when you do yeah. what, what you're talking about, and if you can find where, if you know where they're bedding, you can go check those bedding areas and find where the sign is around them because the bucks are going to tell you yep. which ones are coming in first. And exactly. they're going to tell you where they're at, you know. And then I think that's a really good way yep. to go about it is finding those doe bedding areas and then looking around for hot sign. And if you don't have any, go check the next one. And when you do find it, then you know that there's at least bucks in the area that have been checking those does. Absolutely. Yep. Nope. You hit the nail on the head. Another tip, too, I'll share about doe bedding, and I know I touched on it, but I just want to make sure people understand is when I hunt doe bedding, a lot of times I will get right in there because your mm-hmm. does rarely go to bed, like, super early. Right. I mean, a lot, I, a lot of times don't start seeing does till maybe 10, between 10 and 11 a.m., so you can get in there and literally set right up even on their beds because those bucks will also come in and check literally sent check the beds too sometimes just to see if the does are still frequent in that bedding area Mm -hmm. um it's it's unlike hunting buck bedding where rarely you're going to set right up on top of a bed but that's what i'll do with doe bedding i'll get in there before them um and sometimes you'll get bucks coming in before the does even show up because you know the bucks are just little antsy and unsure the doe's bedding or are they in the feeding area so mm-hmm. you know they'll come in there sometimes first and then work their way out if the does aren't there so but you right. can definitely flip right in and hunt the middle of a doe bedding area if you have options i mean if you're you know limited to where you can hunt and you know you got one doe bedding area on your property or wherever you have access to hunt that's a little bit different but Right. Remember, like what I said before, I've got all kinds of options. So mm-hmm. I'd rather be swinging for the fence more often because I can move on to a new spot if I need to. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a blessing and a curse because you've got so many places where you could be where yep. where you might have deer showing up. But, you know, at the same time, like you're saying, like you can go to a spot and if something goes wrong, you just go move to the next spot and the, where the next buck might be. Exactly. Yep. Um, sometimes when you say it's a blessing and a curse, like running as many cameras as, you know, as I do and having all this ground, like sometimes it's so hard to even pick a spot because it's not the matter of I'm not able to find anything, but sometimes, you know, I'll I'll scout three or four areas and they all just look like they're on fire, you know, tons of, tons of good buck pictures signed everywhere and you're just you cannot make up your mind right. sometimes you know right so it's not a bad problem to have though yeah and i guess at that point you're probably looking for like if you have i guess if you have pictures of multiple bucks i'd assume yep. you're looking for the one that is the most killable like he's either the closest yep. to daylight or he's in the daylight the most or maybe he's the most consistent i'd assume that's probably somewhat goes into your decision yes um and we're kind of in a neutral zone right now where, you know, if I do hunt early season or close to the mid to late October period, a lot of times I'll hunt an individual deer because their range is still fairly small, but we're kind of getting closer to that time period, at least in our area where those, that range of that buck is going to increase. And it's much harder sometimes to hunt an individual, you know, especially once you get into November, Mm -hmm. Um, it could just be miles. That's when I start, looking for those higher numbers, you know, am I, 
am I in an area where I know there's potentially multiple shooters or am I getting multiple shooters on camera? Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I start to play off the numbers more, but I'm kind of in the middle right now. Um, there was a deer on a camera I checked this morning. Um, not a giant, but, you know, probably 125 inch eight point, but mm-hmm. you know, for our area, it's still really nice, but oh, yeah. he's been there three out of the four past days in the daylight. Um, I mean, so they're almost every day on the scrape line and, you know, it's hard not to hunt a deer when he's showing up like that consistently, right. you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You mentioned there too, about like what changes when November comes, because you know, you know, and a lot of people say it and it kind of agree with what you're saying. Like if you're hunting a specific buck and for a, a lot of us out here, that's what we're doing, you know, even, yep. uh, permission property or private property and some public land guys, if, if you know of a buck that's been there in previous years or you've got a buck on your private land, uh, I think the best time to kill a specific deer is that the end of October where we're getting ready to come up on, because when November does roll around, who knows where he's going to be. And then that's when you shift maybe from, from focusing on that specific deer's home range or being close to his bedding to being in those good rut funnels or being downwind of specific doe bedding areas and things like that. Exactly. And that's, what's nice too about that time of year is, you just never know what might show up. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, there, the amount of, of ground, you know, deer cover, especially mature deer, even if, uh, even if you're getting a few does coming into heat, you're still in that period where there's, you know, putting on a ton of ground. And once again, that's, that's kind of a, a fun time of year to be in the woods when you just literally have no clue, like who cares what's on the cameras, uh, doesn't matter if you have history with a deer, anything could show up from anywhere, you know? Right. The, uh, and that's, you know, something even, I would say you have more, more difficulty with, or I don't know difficulty is the right word, but like we kind of know uh, the deer that are around the properties that we're hunting and the way the land lays. Um, mm-hmm. but you, especially when it comes to the rut, you knowing what deer are there and what are not, what deer aren't there and what's going to show up. I would say you have, you probably see a significant number of bucks show up that maybe you don't have pictures of before, or you did at least in that area, you didn't maybe know were around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, every year during the rut, there's just bucks like, you know, just show up. Sometimes they're bucks that we've never seen or heard of. Um, cause there's just so much area here. I mean, God knows where that deer could have came from. I, think people would be surprised if we really knew you know how some of these bucks acted during the rut and how much ground they covered not to say that they're all doing the same thing but you know i bet you there's bucks that make a 20 mile shift occasionally or something Mm -hmm. um you know not saying often but just a crazy time of year and we definitely see those kind of results um the only thing that's tricky is you know a lot of times you get hung up on you know one of those absolute giants just shows up like November 8th, you know, maybe the biggest deer you've had on camera all year. And mm-hmm. you really want to hunt that deer because it's just so big, but he could easily just be passing through from yep. who knows where, and you may never see that deer again. So it's a tricky time of year to, you know, once again, I try to not get my focus on an individual buck, but like you said, just kind of hunt those rut situations. Um, mm-hmm. I still like hunting around does then too. Um, for the further I get into the rut though, the more aggressive I like to get, like if it's, you know, maybe November 10th ish, something like that, 
I try to find a hot dough then because it seems like all the action is where that hot dough is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's once again, it seems to be a little bit smaller window of movement versus there's other periods during the rut where, like you said, you can be in a good pinch point, see 10 bucks in a day if you're yep. in the right spot. So, yeah, no you know, doubt. there's just different situations throughout the entire rut. Yeah. So here's something I've been kind of kicking around a lot lately is, uh, listen to a lot of podcasts with guys on there and where they be from Iowa or, you know, northern Missouri or even down Georgia, that area of the world, or even out east, they talk about certain specific date ranges that they either like better or that the deer are in different phases of the rut, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of the guys from Iowa, it seems like they they really like, and, you know, it's kind of similar around here, but <clears throat> like the middle of that first week or towards the end of the first week of November, so like the 4th through the 8th, you hear a lot of guys mm-hmm. talk about that, or even maybe the back end of that a little bit, up to the 11th. Um, and then they talk about them going into lockdown, like 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. And, you know, we're only, we're not that far south of there, but five, yep. six hours from some of those guys. And in my experience, and Nate, his favorite day is still the 5th, the 5th of November because he's had a lot of luck on that. And I'm not saying all those days aren't great, but I have had yep. my the best movement as far as uh, bucks cruising, generally between the 11th through the 15th, right up to our gun okay. season a lot of times. Um, some, and then I think our lockdown hits shortly after that, like maybe during the gun season. And if it wasn't for our gun season, I think it'd be a lot worse. They just have them running so hard, you know, it's hard, sure. hard to really say, but I, I was curious to get your thoughts on that and what, what kind of ranges that you're looking out at their date ranges, um, during the rut mm-hmm. where you think the phases are. Um, well, I do think it depends on where you're at throughout the country. Um, and it can be crazy different from state to state, just mm-hmm. from, me talking to so many other hunters and being on different podcasts. Um, but our, at least for our area, usually the best movement is anywhere from like October 25th to like November 5th. Mm-hmm. I will say last year was an extremely weird year. Um, horrible rut, just horrible movement, you know, throughout most of the season actually. But right. the best movement for us last year um, was like, November 12th to 20th, similar mm-hmm. to what you usually see. Mm-hmm. But in my lifetime of hunting, that was the only time I can remember it being that way. Right. Um, and usually for us, a lot of it's just weather related, temperature related, oh, yeah. especially, um, yep. you know, if we get good, good prime weather, uh, usually our best stretch is probably like October 25th to like November 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, out of all the years I've been hunting, that's really you know, but there's, there's been, like I said, other years when it's been, been a little bit different. Like we, this week, uh, cause you're going to, you guys are seeing that warm air before we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna, we're going to go into one of my favorite weeks of the year and it's going to be like in the seventies. So right. yep. I don't think we're going to see incredible movement like we have in the past. Um, mm-hmm. but then it looks like right around Halloween things get cold again. So I think our best stretch is going to be like, October 30th to like November 5th or 6th this year. I think that'll be the best stretch. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely, if you can get a cold front somewhere in that, like, I think no matter where you're at, if you can get a cold front, except maybe the deep South between the October 25th and like November, we'll call it 12th. If you yep. get one cold front in that time span, that's probably going to be your best days, right? Like, Absolutely. Like year yep. after year. Uh, but we yep. do see, a, you know, and again, I think if you're hunting one specific buck or a buck that you know, and or if you're on a buck uh, maybe that year, that that range yep. there, the last week of October, especially if you can get cold weather there, is 
is probably one of the, if not the best week of the season. Um, and Absolutely. we're going to, like you're talking about, we're going to be in like the 80s this week. But then I <sighs> believe I believe the beginning of next week, which would be like the 28th, 29th, somewhere in there, we're supposed to have a pretty good cold front come through. And there's supposed to yep. be highs like low 50s and lows in the high 30s. So that those few yep. days right there, I think, are going to be really good for us, like you're talking about. Yeah, I think, like I said, you, you'll see it a couple days yep. sooner than us, but we're going to be pretty close to, I think, seeing the same activity this year. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you know, like I said, this front we had this weekend, um, I mean, at least for us, like like I said, a lot of our sits, because, you know, we're hunting low deer densities, big woods, like mm-hmm. if you see a couple deer a sit, like sometimes that that's just really good, but yeah. You know, so what I saw on Saturday, you know, 11 deer and four bucks, like that's, that's just, a, that's a really good sip for us at any time of year. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and the running activity was really good. Even, I mean, it, I'm just seeing early rut here for some reason, but, um, yeah. I don't know if it's going to, what's going to happen, you know, going into this warm spell. Is it, is it just going to slow right down or are they just going to say the heck with it and keep going? Right. I do think it's going to have somewhat of an effect though. And, Maybe not shut it down completely, but I think it's going to be like a roller coaster ride, you know, mm-hmm. going into the into around ha- Halloween there. Yeah, I think that it could be kind of hit or miss. Like you may have one day where they just, like you said, they say heck with it and they're they're running yep. and checking things out, and they can't stand being in their bed any longer. And then there may be other days where it's warm and they just lay in bed all day. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean that's definitely looking forward to that front that's coming through. We've had a couple good ones already. Uh, in mm-hmm. October, and we've seen some guys have some luck, but our group has not had a ton of luck, even with those cold fronts. Um, I've been to my probably best property, where I've got a really nice buck this year, a handful of times now, and I've yet to see a deer on stand. So if that tells wow. you anything about the struggle that's been, you know, for me personally this year anyway. But I know there's sure. there's places I could go, obviously, and see. 20 deer probably because i can see a long ways and we just have higher deer densities than what you're talking about but um at that specific property it's been a little tough so far even on on those cold fronts but i know it's just we're just right on the edge of it really kicking off oh yeah no i've had seasons like that you know early part of the season it was just a struggle and then the rut comes and it just blows up um what was a really good stretch of movement for us was october 7th to 9th this year um however Mm-hmm. The 7th, I had a wedding, which was a Saturday, so I couldn't hunt. And then we can't hunt Sundays, so I couldn't hunt the 8th. So I only got to hunt the ninth. And I saw that sit. I saw three different bucks, I think, that sit, too. And that was just an evening sit. Um, wow. But, like, the amount of deer, big deer I had on camera, you know, October 7th, 8th, and 9th this year was unbelievable, too. Like, it's just amazing. I'm telling you, last year was the worst year I've ever seen for movement. Mm-hmm. So far this year is the best year I've seen for movement ever in my lifetime, and that's almost 30 years of hunting. So right. Yeah. It's just unbelievable how things can change year to year. Oh, yeah. And obviously the weather has a lot to do with that. I mean, we like I said, we've had yep. some good cold fronts. And a friend of mine has had a handful of 140, 150-inch deer within bow range already this October. Like, he's, he said it's yep. the best October he can remember. And then, like, yep. where, I, where I'm at, you know, I've not had a ton of luck. But, again, yep. and that's one of those things where I think if if a guy's in the wrong situation and, like, he's maybe having the luck that I've had, if you're going out there and hunting 
every chance you can go to the stand in October, you may even get burnt out before. And I would say, especially sure. where you're at, if you're only seeing, you know, if you see three deer a sit and that's a good sit, uh, if you're getting out yeah. there and <laughs> sitting every chance you get and not seeing anything, you could seriously be burnt out by November. Yeah, I can tell you, this is the honest to God truth is there's been several stretches in my hunting career and even in my better ages where I've went a week hunting all day and never seen a deer. Oof. Like that's how bad it can get here. Just like where you feel like there's not a deer anywhere. Right. You know, these deer can just shut down so bad here. So um, if anyone's in those shoes right now, believe me, I've been there. You know, that's just deer hunting. Yep. Um, yep. I, no matter what, there's... There's no place I'd rather be even on the bad days than in the deer woods. So yep. whatever mother nature throws at me, I can handle it. Yep. And that's one thing about this time of year too, is that um, where you're at in the big woods, especially like leaves changing. And if you do have a little bit of cool air coming through, it's just, it's yeah. nice to be out there sitting, whether you are seeing deer or not, for sure. Absolutely. No, just, you know, and just knowing like we're getting closer and closer to that peak time. I mean, mm-hmm just makes you more excited to hunt. And I know some people, you know, you, you talk to guys, you know, more of an early season hunter. Some people like that late season when they're really heavy and daylight active on food sources. But mm-hmm. for me, I love hunting the rut. And I think the majority of, of hunters do like, yep. there's the action, the, the chase. Um, there's just so much involved in the rut that, you know, that's the most exciting time yep. for me. And, at least. and the not knowing what could show up. Yes definitely i mean yep. there's there's something to be said for knowing like tonight was probably the first night i've been excited to be in a blind because of the deer that did just yep. show up a uh, one that i yep. knew from last year but at the same time like sitting there during the rut knowing what is there and then knowing that something else could show up that may be potentially bigger uh, that, yep. oh, yeah. even if you're not seeing deer just knowing that that could happen at any second during that time of year is enough to make you want to go and get you excited about being in a tree Yep, and and a huge boost of confidence too. Mm-hmm. You know, just knowing what can happen and knowing the possibilities. Like it's way easier to sit and not see deer at this time, knowing that any second it can change. Mm-hmm. So it keeps yep. you in the stand much easier. Oh yeah, yep, for sure. <laughs> and you know, we're we're running a little short on time here, so I want to. You guys got anything specifically for him before we let him go? I know he's wanting to hunt in the morning, so yeah, you got to get up and go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now I don't want to, like I said, don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I do want to say before you do leave though, that everybody needs to go follow Shirk's guide service on Facebook and Instagram, both because for information and, and seeing awesome trail camera pictures, you're definitely <laughs> one of the best follows that, that I have. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And thanks a lot for, you know, having me. Um, Definitely, I'm sure we'll get back in touch after the season. Oh yeah. Uh, if I don't hear hear from you guys, you know, best of luck to you. Um, but uh, you know, hopefully, uh, like I said, by the looks of it, it, looks like you know the latter part of October, early November, it's going to be conditions wise what we were hoping for. So yep. I think the the best days are just almost within reach. So that's that's enough excitement to uh, keep me going. I'm sure you guys the same. Yep, absolutely. Hey, and same to you. Good luck. And uh, if you do get something down, don't don't be afraid to send pictures. Absolutely, you guys do the same. Yeah, yeah. We, we like pictures, man. Yeah, we'll keep you in the loop. <laughs> good luck. Awesome. Good luck to your hunt, man. Same to you guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Yep. All right. See you, Steve. We'll see you. Bye bye. All right. So that was Steve Shirk. 
we always enjoy talking to him. Uh, he was the first guest that we ever had on on the podcast. Uh, I I'd mentioned him and on Instagram where we were covering one of his articles back in the first few. He was on episode 19 the first time, so it had to be one of the first 18 episodes. And he'd commented on it and said he enjoyed listening to it. So I reached out to him. He came on. I really appreciate that he came on the episode, like I said, number 19 when we were just starting out. So he didn't have to do that. But So I figured he'd be as good as anybody to bring back on for number 100. Um, like I said, he's just a wealth of information writing for North American Whitetail, uh, hunting the big woods out there in Pennsylvania. He knows his stuff. Those are, in my opinion, those are the kind of guys that you could stick anywhere in a whitetail range and they would do okay. I think there's people you could take from certain places in the Midwest, like that are used to hunting lots of deer on fence rows where you pretty much know they're going to be and stick them out in the big woods and they would struggle. Uh, but I think some of that stuff translates a little better the other way around. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. I just think he's got a lot of knowledge you can learn from him, learn a lot of stuff from him. So, again, really appreciate him coming on and talking. But now we're going to talk a little bit about what we got going on because we started the fall pursuit. We've had two episodes come out. Uh, the first one we had Blake, a new team member, Blake Garrett. He killed a nice buck on opening day. I wish he would have had a camera with him. But we got the recovery on that. A really nice eight-point. Dawson, Dusty's boy, Dusty Woods' boy, if you guys don't know him, he's been on a couple episodes. He's helping us with Fall Pursuit as well. Doing a little contributing there. They killed a really nice eight-point opening day of youth season. And then the night before that, me and Jeff, I filmed him shooting his doe this year. First deer of the year. Um, that was the first filmed deer kill for Fall Pursuit mm -hmm. of all time. So maybe when we have 100 episodes of that one day, we'll look back and say, you remember the first deer that we killed on there? And it'll be me. <laughs> and it'll be Uncle Jeff. <laughs> You're yeah. welcome. Since that point, though, it's been a little tough. We've uh, slowed down a little bit. Like you, was, you, we were talking about earlier, it's been a little bit windy. It's been warmer here and there. And well, Like we were talking about with Steve, though, it's about to heat up, I think. It's going to be good here. Your favorite, your favorite week of the year. They're the end of October. Yeah, the end of October, first week of November. So, yeah, I'm... I'm looking forward to it. I had a pretty good hunt today. I mean, the temperatures. You saw some deer this morning. Yeah, temperatures was kind of chilly this morning. Actually, my fingers got cold. Yeah. But I know, saw I, where you, you said something about you'd put your gloves on, so that one video ended up in slow-mo Yeah, or I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but my fingers got cold, and I put my gloves on. Next thing I know, where I was playing it back, is like, what's wrong with that deer? And then I was like, oh, I must put it on slow motion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, oh, well, my videos are subpar anyway, so, you know, yeah. especially whenever you're using the cell phone, you know, you get what you get. Mm. Yeah. I thought they turned out all right. I watched watched them today, those deer. You saw a couple little bucks or one little buck? Little uh, four I had, a, I had a, the old doe that always stays there. Mm -hmm. She had her twins with her, and one of them was a button buck, and he was stayed right there underneath my stand Yeah, for a little bit. And then here come a... I thought it was a six-pointer. Should have been a six-pointer, but he didn't have no brows after I got to looking at him harder. He was pretty tall for a four-corn. He was tall for a four-corn. And then there was a smaller four-corn on out there in the field. But Yeah. I saw those this morning, and then I had another familiar doe at another location show up tonight. Did you? Yeah, her and her twins. And I don't know. She, I know it had to be her because it's the same goofy doe that would blow at me every time over last year. So it had to be the same one. Right. But she didn't blow at me tonight. 
she started acting goofy, but yeah, I see. I read you had a side by side or something around you. Yeah, there's a side by side come barreling down through there, all loud and carrying on. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> people say they don't pay any attention to them side by sides. Well, they may not if they keep going, but when that thing stops, oh yeah, they go on high alert. Mm-hmm. And that thing stopped, and and she did not like it. And that's where she started getting all goofy and everything. And yeah. She looked up at me once and started stomping around. But it was funny because the sun was in her eyes. I had the sun at my back. And when she'd look at me, she was looking into the sun. But she'd mm-hmm. throw that head up. And I'd be like, man, please don't make me shoot you. <laughs> Not tonight. <laughs> right? Don't make me make an orphan out of these two fawns. Because they were young and she had them late. She must have got bred. She must have messed the first cycle and got bred the second. Cause yeah. They's a lot smaller than the twins I seen this morning. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't want to shoot her, but if she started, you would have. <laughs> if she'd started getting all goofier, she yeah. was about to meet her creator. She just didn't know it. <laughs> uh huh. To let the old center point eat again. That's right. Yep. But no, I, I had good hunts today. I enjoyed it, and yeah, I'm gonna go back there again in the morning see what goes on, but. It's like uh, you said to Steve earlier, we still got a lot of standing corn around. Yeah. and They're so, just starting to get some of that out, ain't they? Yeah, but there where I was at, there was about 100 acres of it. And I really didn't expect to see much bucks. And, and, you know, as far as buck activity, I thought if I did, it would just be some young, mm-hmm. you know, like I seen this morning. I did see some opened up scrapes over there, though, that I didn't see at the property I was at this morning. So. Yep. Well, that could be a matter of what we were talking about with Steve, too. Is well, where... that's I didn't think about that until he brought it up, you yeah. know, because where I was at, both places is where I was at was doe beds. Mm-hmm. You know, I was right in there. Actually, I told you, texted you this evening that I bumped some yeah. does up putting my climber on the tree. Yeah. And they never really spooked. They just hopped off about 30 yards and walked away. Well, then half hour later, here she comes. Mm-hmm. You know, so... But, yeah, I, over there where I was at this evening, I did see some scrapes. Not big scrapes, but they'd been tended a little bit. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm getting more buck pictures on my mock scrapes now. They're starting to heat up. And I'm getting some new bucks showing up. I got up there on the north farm. I got some nice deer that are showing up finally. Not anything huge up there. One, one really nice deer uh, around that area, but the rest of them are all pretty much right around 130. Mature deer, but nothing huge, hitting some mock scrapes and stuff. But, again, crops are getting out, and they're shifting. Like that Steve's article that I was talking about Friday, they're just kind of hitting their pre-rut shift. And they're at the cabin, though. I had the deer from last year show up. I'm calling the shed buck. And I'll talk about him. I talked about him tonight, which will be on the next episode of Fall Pursuit on the YouTube channel. Kind of introduced him because I was hunting him last year, but I never really talked about him too much. Never, I don't know if I ever put a picture of him on the episodes or on the vlog, but you'll be able to see him tomorrow. Um, I picked up a shed last year, which is why I called him the shed buck because pretty creative. Uh, but he has big inside points. He's actually added an inside point this year, two inside points. He's got, last year he just, he was a mainframe 10 with a great big inside point on his right side. And then this year he's got almost matching inside points on left and right side, and then he's added another one on his right side, and he's got the matching flyers again. Just a really, really, really solid deer that he showed up earlier this year than he did last year too. 
So I know he's living right there close, which is why I told Steve like this. Tonight was the first night I was pretty excited to be out there because I knew that it's to the point where, and I get, I know he's back there again. He can step out at any time, and he's he'd be a really nice deer. I hope hope we can at least get some video of him for the for the show. Mm-hmm. But and I know Nate's uh, he's maybe had a deer show up from last year. We're hoping it's not him because he's considerably smaller than he was last year. And he's getting some new ones showed up. They just got the corn out around him like yesterday or day before. So he's starting to get some new ones showing up. But I know you had a decent one today, finally, on one of your Radix cameras. Looked like he was, which is a testament to the trigger speed on the Radix cameras because he looked like a reindeer. He was hauling <laughs> tail, wasn't he? He was in the air moving when on. they got the picture of him. Yeah, he was moving on. Yep. That's uh, about the time of the four wheeler, I think. Uh, it? Uh, it looked like something bumped him pretty hard. Yeah. Mm. You think he's uh, well, he looked like a pretty solid deer. I had not had him on camera before. Yep. I never had him on my property yet. I mean, it's hard to tell much about how old he is when he's flying. <laughs> yeah. All when he they're did in the was air. a red nose and a sled behind <laughs> when him. When all four hoofs are off the ground, <laughs> it's really hard to tell exactly how old they yeah, are. I but. think he had three feet off the ground. No joke. Yeah. He oh, was. yeah. Uh, did you get to request an HD photo of that one? I did not. You should try to do that. See how it turns out. Okay. See. I mean, you'll be able to tell more about him too. He looks pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's not a bad deer. He's a shooter. Yeah. I thought, I thought he probably was. Based on the hundred mile an hour photo, he's a shooter. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what we were saying. You could have been there tonight though, and you never would have got him stopped. No. Oh, there ain't no way. No. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's, which I, but I mean, he's right in there. Close enough to where you were hunting tonight, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he could, he could easily uh, go over there. quarter mile. Yeah, no, oh, over a quarter mile. A little over a quarter. I mean, Maybe that's, closer to a half. Yeah. That ain't much though. Not no, for a deer. not for a deer like that. But no, especially the way the land lays down there. Yeah, no. I hadn't seen him before any on any pictures. No, I didn't recognize him. And we could go through from last year maybe and see, but he's a. Pretty much a mainframe eight, so it's really hard to tell with those deer from one year to another. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was an eight. Like I said, it's hard, really hard to tell when they're moving. And I don't bit. have, I don't have a camera down there where I went tonight. Mm-hmm. I will have probably tomorrow afternoon. You gonna throw one on one of those scrapes or just uh, you got somewhere else you want to put it? I got a place there, but uh, you are see this climbing tree I found. You know them trees, you stand on the ground, you look up at them, you think, okay, if I climb on this side of the tree and twist just a little bit this way, I'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah this wasn't one of those trees. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It looked like it from the ground, but as you going up, yeah, no. No? No. I At one point, I felt like I was in a recliner. I had to put my head against the tree to pull my top piece up and my foot piece up. You know, it, it was quite a testament that I even got up there where uh-huh. I was at. But then getting down was even more. Well, down's the easy part. It's just to sl- getting down slowly <laughs> can be. Difficult. Oh, I had to get very. I had to go slowly down. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but once you get up there, it's pretty good sit. You can was see. It? Yeah, you can see good. Got good good crossings and. Uh, Stay on the south side of the ditch. Mm, Would you cross the ditch? No, north. You stayed on the north side of the ditch. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big old maple tree. I mean. Got a good bite on it. It was just. We've been there before. Yeah. You know how them maples twist. Is that close to your other old stand? Yes. Down there where we sat on the yes. ground? Yes. In that area? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good little spot. Yeah. It's you good know spot. they run it. Yeah. Like I said, whenever you hunt, 
that creek and I assume most other creeks are all about the same. You never know when they're going to be there. They might be there today and then yeah, three quarters of a mile away the yep. next morning. Yep. You know, they just travel that creek back and forth so much. And so it's just a potluck being there at the right time, the right place, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but still, wherever I hunt that, I only hunt it with certain winds. And tonight was one of those winds. Yep. And now we haven't had any east winds until today, I don't think. No. Maybe one or two early, early in the season. but Maybe, I don't know. Most of them have been west, southwest, and then the northwest. We've had a lot of northwest with all these cold fronts we've had. Yeah, gale force that one yesterday. Yeah. You might have been able to hit that buck if he'd went through at that speed last night because we was swaying about three feet I one way or the I other. I could have stood up. <laughs> <laughs> could have led the arrow for you. <laughs> yeah. Not that early. It uh, calmed down later, though. Yeah, it did. But It was nice tonight. Yeah, it was a nice night tonight. I enjoyed it. It was quiet. I mean, I would rather have a little bit of wind, but if tonight versus like yesterday, give me tonight every day of the week. Well, more And it was it, cool. Yeah. I mean, it was nice. Low I 60s. had a nice, steady breeze where I was at. Yeah. And it wasn't swirling, and it wasn't blowing me out of the trees like a three-mile-an-hour breeze, but stayed steady and constant out of the southeast. Mm-hmm. But I'm not hunting a big, wide, thick, thick, brushy area either, you know. Right. Pretty much on a pinch point. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing about there at the cabin is if it's not a very strong wind, number one, it'll swirl a little bit, and number two, it'll just, it'll be like nothing because there's so much there to knock it down. Mm-hmm. And those, it, the one tree there by the cabin, you're high enough up that you'll notice it, but like that blind or anywhere on the ground where the deer's level, it's there's just nothing down there because it's so thick. Yeah. just knocks any kind of wind down that's at yeah. that speed. But, yeah, we went tonight and didn't see. We saw a deer cross in the driveway when we walked up, let her run off, got in the blind, and it was probably an hour later. We'd done the interview. We were sitting there kind of talking and, I mean, she couldn't have been 20 yards from the back of the blind without the windows open. She's blowing. Mm-hmm. So we, I'm sure it was her. She saw us come in. She came back curious, probably crossed where we were. And she ended up right downwind because she was on the east right. side where they generally don't come from. And probably crossed our scent where we were walking in from our pants hitting the Milo or whatever. And she blew and a couple times and jumped off to the north and blew a couple more times and then left. And then... It was, I don't know, as an hour later after that or 30 minutes, here she came back. I said, she'll be back. And she was just north of us where we couldn't see her again. She started blowing, and then she left again, and she ended up hundreds of yards away blowing, I don't know, at who knows what. I think she was just one of those deer. Where was your can of? Um, I didn't have it tonight. That's what I told see? Nate. said we should have had our, our camo dust, and we'd have been fine. Yep. Although it would have been tough to get that to cover that whole blind. Well... You were probably right. Well, we could have tried it. We didn't even have it. <laughs> I was about to go night. somewhere with that, but I stopped. Yeah. We didn't, yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway. Yeah, if you'd had that, you'd been safe. Yep. So we were talking earlier about the this being the 100th episode and where we started out uh, next door in the break room with our tripod stands and the boxes they were sitting on. And then even when we moved over here, we... You had the little red table with the metal chairs that were. Was it these tripod stands? I thought no. we had something different. No, we had like the the 
drive yeah, the, the legs. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have these arms. That's what I thought. Man, that's been too long ago. I, just, I got these when we were over there, though, yeah. I believe. But then shortly after, Hunter built this room. And when we moved in here with that metal table, which was for sound. Metallic. You couldn't, you couldn't touch the thing yeah. without it right, sound like a dungeon. And then those chairs were incredibly uncomfortable, especially for Nate. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't like those little metal chairs much. They but, didn't like him either. No, no they did. <laughs> Big boys don't fit in little metal chairs. <laughs> no. Right. So then we kind of upgraded that, but now Hunter built us this table too. That's we talked about it a couple weeks ago. This is cool. Yep, we've upgraded a little bit since then. We're still in kind of a small studio. We, I would still say we, we got room to grow. But hopefully, in another hundred episodes, maybe we'll have something even, even a little bit bigger. But where we're at now, because everybody who keeps listening to us ramble on and talk about stuff, so I appreciate everybody who's. If you've stuck with us since the first episode, especially. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. God only knows why. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I If you're new, go back to like episode, I don't know, mid-30s, and then you can start listening. And it was, I feel like somewhere in there, it got a little better. Not that it was ever bad, but I, I do recommend people go listen to, if they're going to start, start in the 30s. Like everybody got a little more comfortable around then. We were kind of getting in a groove with it, mm-hmm. a little more used to it. And I started getting a little better equipment. Like the board we got now is a lot nicer than the one we started with. But yeah, it was it was good for when we got started. Now you make like. do with what you got. That's right. And uh, I've always been adamant that I don't want to put out something that's poor quality. And I never felt like we did that either. So, and I've been a part of podcasts before for internships and ones that we've done uh, sports podcasts, mostly just for fun. But like you do. 15 20 episodes and then you never do them again mm-hmm. so i'm i'm just glad that we've made it as far as we have <laughs> two yeah. years and 100 episodes it's just because we don't know any better yeah pretty much <laughs> <We> just <laughs> keep coming back talking into the abyss yep whether anybody's actually listening or not <laughs> we enjoy it i enjoy it i like talking to the guests that we have on i like getting here and just talking hunting stuff too yeah and even like when like if we don't have guests or when we started reading through articles and stuff you can always learn something. <laughs> May not be able to use it. You can learn it though. <laughs> you can pick some stuff up. If you have a, if you've been listening to this podcast since episode one and you haven't picked anything up, oh, there's, you there, pick something yeah. up. there's also something wrong with you. Yeah, you pick something up. You may not be able to use it, but you've picked it up. Yeah. It's been it's been a lot of fun though. And you know, a hundred is it's not a bunch, but it's not nothing. It's a landmark. Yep. It is. I think it's a good good one to acknowledge. Yeah. So I wish Nate could have been in here for this one, but he came and ran camera for me tonight and had to get back to honeydewing, I think. Battery would go out. No, it didn't. No. On Nate? <laughs> Either or. Yeah, no. Nate or the camera. No, not the camera. Although I told him I'm going to have to send you an extra battery next time, I guess, because the last time I sent you guys a camera, it was at, well, the time before last, yeah. it was at three quarters, and it was at a quarter when I, when you guys got done. So if you'd have had a deer come out, and they'd have been there for twenty minutes, it'd have been, you might have been getting low on batteries. I told you it was getting low. Yeah, you yep. sent a battery the last time. Yeah, Thanks, but the time before that, so. I left it in the front seat. But yeah, you sent I, it. yeah, that's why I sent it because the last time when I was looking at the video from that time, I was like, oh, they about ran out of battery. But which is fine. I just need to send you an extra one. Yeah. That's I guess that's good if you run out of battery or you're filming stuff. 
You got some decent footage of a, a doe with some faded spots here on the last episode. Mm-hmm. We, this week's episode, spoiler alert, is going to be a lot like last week's. <laughs> We're going to have some deer, but nobody killed anything. So You don't have any wood ducks? I doubt we have any wood ducks. See? Unless you, you filmed know. some. No. Nope. Nope. I'm supposed to have some pretty cool video from Dusty, though. He had a pretty cool encounter with a bobcat. Interacting with some deer, so oh yeah. Cool. Hope he he said he got it on video. He thought it turned out okay, but we'll see how well it does when we, we got pull a, it up got on the big screen. Yesterday, we got some deer. I'm, nobody killed anything this week. Yeah, yeah I did was, get a deer. That's a great big, big eight pointer. Great big green deer. <laughs> great big green eight pointer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Showing yeah, corn. I kept yep. telling him. I tolerated him. He couldn't hear me over the wind. Obviously, <laughs> like. Come around this way. We'll make you famous. <laughs> right. Just just one pass. That's all we want. <laughs> yep. Just clear this out a little bit. Yeah, but he never ventured that far. Yeah. Yeah, we got, we'll have some, I think it'll be a good episode. We'll have some interesting video, but that's going to be part of it doing semi-live. We've had this conversation where there's going to be weeks where we don't kill anything. No. It ain't like we're, so. you know, like your traditional show where you're, you're recording and then banking it all for next year and putting together 10 episodes or whatever. We're going to be doing... 10 to 13 episodes through the season. Some of them, we ain't going to kill nothing. I, mean, it's just I just about bet every one of them, I ain't going to kill one. You already did. Well, I mean, from here on out. Well, you never know. No, you never know. You got time left. Yeah. Best time of the year is coming right up. Yep. Be here before you know it. Yep. Then we'll get busy. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you got anything else you want to add before we get out of here? No. Not it's really. all good. I'm I'm ready to go home. I got to get up early in the morning and climb that goofy tree again. Go try not to fall out of a tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's an accomplishment all in itself. Uh-huh. So, well, good luck with see that. See if that goofy doe shows up acting stupid again, mm-hmm. which I'm sure she will. She's a <laughs> regular Use your safety right harness. Huh? Use your safety harness. I got it on. Or your camo dust. And your alignment's rope or whatever you Well, I put that on about halfway up because that's the one as high up as it narrows down to where I can get the rope on the tree. Yep. yep. Don't when I reach your... that point, well, then I rope it on. But Don't forget your camo dust. Nope, I won't forget camo dust. So mm-hmm. we've used it. Oh, I've yeah. used it a few times. We used it at the time we killed that doe. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything down one of us necessarily, but they were close. Yeah. Range. Right. When we looked up and they were at 15 yards. It's like, Shazam! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where'd they come from? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. That's on episode one. If you guys want to, go check out Fall Pursuit episode one. But... Again, thanks to everybody for for giving us the I don't know privilege. Sure, of doing we'll a hundred of these. Yeah, yes. we'll call it a privilege. But if it wasn't for people listening, we probably would. I don't know. We might not quit doing it, but we wouldn't be doing it the way we are now. I don't think it would be. It wouldn't be what it is now without people listening. So, thanks to everybody who's listened to this point. Hopefully, you you keep listening to us as we move on. We're gonna. Try to keep getting guests on and getting bigger and better all the time. All our subscribers and sponsors. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Appreciate everybody that's, you know, of course, our partners um, that have been, you know, that have helped us out along the way as well. And the several cans of adult. That's, that's where we need a sponsor. Beverage, adult beverage sponsor? Yeah. I can work on that. Okay. I'll put, I, I've I'll, been working on it pretty regularly. <laughs> You ain't been working on a partnership. You No, no. <laughs> We've had a lot lots of those through hundred episodes as well, but 
Mostly from Nate, that guy. Mm-hmm. Dang drunk. Yeah, he's not even here. He's not even here right now. He can't even defend himself. Uh, no. Yeah, he's probably sloshed somewhere. Most likely. <laughs> Imagine. If you know Nate, you know that couldn't be further from the <laughs> truth. But anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening to all these hours of episodes. And uh, hopefully you guys still enjoy it and keep listening to us. And, and again, we'll just keep trying to grow and, and bring you more content and better stuff. So we'll catch you guys Friday for Full Draw Friday. And then next Monday with another regular episode. So see ya.